Well, hello, it's Clive to Carl here, and I'm joined by Richard Cumbers. And Richard is a most interesting chap. He knows an awful lot about an awful lot. And you're going to talk to us about one particular subject. Would you like to uh, enlighten us all? Yes, thanks, Clive. Um, it's really about um, doing remote body scanning. Um, for a long time, people have been aware of psychics and uh, remote viewers and people picking up things um, remote, remotely or things like Rupert Sheldrake, the morphogenic field that he wrote, how cats and dogs know someone's coming back. Um, a lot of people have had these intuitions that something's going to happen uh, and often they're correct. So uh, the remote body scanning, I, I've been involved with that for quite a long time. Originally, I got involved, um, you're aware of the NES system, neutroenergetic system, and that was originally um, the brainchild of Professor Peter Fraser and um, Harry Massey. I was very lucky to be involved with them right at the beginning when they um, started the NES project and uh, had the um, privilege of testing it and working with them and actually also treating um, Harry, who was um, getting well from a lot of health problems himself. And that system works on the idea of um, quantum electrodynamics. Uh, I don't think anyone actually really understands, Clive, what quantum really means, and people kind of throw this word around as though they understand it. Um, so although it's based on QED technology or, or information theory, it, it effectively means that we can detect the human body field at a distance. Um, and as you're well aware, I mean, originally when, when you went to hospital, they put a heart monitor on you and they check your heart, and then they worked out that actually they could be further away from the body and the EEGs and everything else. Um, so really what, what they were saying was it was only the um, sophistication, the sensitivity of the equipment they were using to pick up your field. And as they got better at it, they realized they could go further away from the body. Well, in the radionics and QED world, we can go, you know, we could be on Pluto for all you care because that field of energy is actually there. Now, a lot of misconception, I think, happened around about, I think it was uh, 1887, the Michelson-Morley experiment. They wanted to prove whether ether existed because before that, everyone knew that ether was something that was the fabric of the universe. Um, and uh, they did an experiment and they kind of, well, put it this way, they kind of said, well, we're kind of proving that it doesn't really exist. And therefore, Einstein and the rest of them went off at a tangent and had to sort of fit things into a new paradigm. But it's fairly obvious that their experiment was crap. <laughs> In other words, it, it wasn't really checking for the right things because the ether is, is real. Um, when you think about it in a context of, of, of where we're thinking about now, I mean, you know, I'm talking to you uh, on a computer screen, but I'm seeing you in the house there, etc. All I'm seeing is zeros and ones banged up a hard disk, yeah? But I can see you, and because I've met you, I, I realize it's you. Likewise, I could talk to somebody on the phone. They never see me. They understand my voice. They get the timbre of it. They get the resonance, the harmonics. And if, if they then met, met me 10 years or a year later, assuming they haven't got Alzheimer's or whatever, um, they would know it's me because they would recognize my voice. So my voice is going through the airwaves. So you can't see my voice. Yeah? It's being picked up effectively here by a, uh, by a mobile phone, transmitted through the air, picked up by something else, and then trans, you know, transported to you and comes out the other end in your, in your cottage there. So 
all the time we're using things that um, we take for granted. But even when you look at, say, you know, the uh, the old programs when you had the radio or the um, TV, you'd see this big sign and it had on air. And when it was lit up, it meant keep quiet because it's going out live. But they were telling you on the air. The transmission was going through the air. Well, if there was nothing there in if the air was not in a medium, the ether, then you wouldn't hear anything. You would, nothing would happen. So it's it's kind of fairly obvious if you dig into it a bit that this stuff has just been um, the the experiments they've done to try and prove it back uh, over a hundred years ago were I'd, I'd say weren't were well meaning but they were inept. And the fact is that even if you think about the um, spectrum that we can see, you know, um, on my kind of remote scan document, I think you've seen it. I have a a picture of all, of all the frequencies, and we can see a tiny fraction. It's 0 0.005. Some people say 0 0.05, but it's 0 0.005, and that's so. There's huge amounts of information that we're um, we just can't pick up with our five senses. And it does seem that um, many years ago, I mean, many hundreds or maybe thousands of years ago, we had more senses. We had maybe intuition. We, we had some people say we had 14 senses. Uh, you know, you think of animals who have some of these senses. They, you know, many people have a cat or a dog, and they know very well that the partner's there. And when the chap's returning home, the cat's waiting there for, for the person. I had an interesting one when I was about six. Um, my mother got me a, a wild cat. She loved animals, and this cat was pretty wild. I mean, it was, but you know, I kind of tamed it. And he would hang on the curtains. And, you know, my father would go absolutely nuts. He'd go, oh, my God, the cat would fall off. You know, he'd go crazy. And he banned it from going upstairs in the, in the house. He, he made a point. He rubbed, them, you know, and the, the cat knew. And so what would happen is as soon as my father left for work, the bloody cat would go up the stairs, get on my bed every time. And every time my father came back, the cat would be sitting there at the bottom of the stairs like, I'm a really good cat, aren't I? I mean, it knew 100%. So, you know, I think there's a lot of things out there that if we really thought about it, um, we, would, we would make some sense of it. But really the science, I mean, for example, you, you're aware of Bob Monroe, the Monroe Institute. So again, with Bob Monroe, um, he had some amazing experiences while he was going to sleep or sleeping. And he was freaked out by this. And he went to specialists back in the 50s and 60s, I think, um, and think if he was going mad. And he was having these amazing astral projections and dreams and things happening, but they were just as real as we're talking now. And sometimes you ask yourself the question, are the dreams real and this is a dream? Um, which way around? But he had those um, things happening. And he then realized that a lot more was happening. No one could really work it out. And he set up the uh, Bob Monroe Institute. He also got involved in meditation where he'd send binaural beats left and right brain. So it sent 100 here and 104 here with music and your brain would entrain down to four, the difference between the 100 and the 104. He did amazing experiments. And one experiment he did uh, was with a guy called Tom Campbell. Um, you might be aware of Tom Campbell. Um, he wrote the book, My Big Toe. Uh, he's a philosopher. You can uh, see him on YouTube. Uh, if you haven't interviewed him, Clive, I, I definitely would interview this guy. He's, he's right up there. But he... Um, postulates and proves, I think, to a degree that we are already living in, in a virtual reality. 
this is a virtual reality. And he says that if we, if we were to accept that, all the unexplained laws of physics, biology, chemistry, science, they're all explained. And more and more you see people, you know, going into the VR sets and getting into this virtual realm. It's like we're recreating what we're already in. <laughs> you see what I mean? In, in a different way. But one experiment that Bob Monroe did with um, Tom Campbell and a friend of his, they wanted to prove whether the experience they were having in a dream state or a delta meditation state was real. So what they did is they got the three of them in different rooms in different locations with a camera set up and a bed there. And they agreed that they would, when they went to sleep that night, they would all meet up in the astral or the dream realm um, and have a conversation and come back and report on it. So they did that. And they, they, did, they didn't just do this once. They did it many times. And every time they did it, and there was people in the room watching, and then when they woke up, they didn't see the people. They, it was all transcripted. Exactly the same. So in this dream state, they met up. And I would suggest it was through the etheric field, which, again, every single thing that living has a toroidal field, which interfaces, in my view, with this etheric field, like a resonance. And... Uh, Therefore, if you're tuned into it, we can actually pick that information up, uh, you know, a bit like a psychic. Um, good psychics, you know, you can give them a, I don't know, a hanky or a, an item of somebody which has their field, which is close to them, and they can tune in and find out. I mean, the police in America and different countries spend lots of money on psychics to find out where murderers are and killers and what happened. We've got remote viewers, you know, Ingo Swan was a famous one from um, DARPA, the uh, American defense program. And the Americans and Russians, we, we know, spent tens of millions on that. Uh, we, as an um, experiment, about 15 years ago, I was running a training course in Dublin, and uh, I put this conference on just for one day conference. And we had uh, nine different speakers. One of them was a, a very good remote viewer. And we had about 150 people in the audience. And he gave everybody, because remote viewing, what they'll do is they'll have a target. So you might, you might look out your window now and or say it's your cottage. So what you say, the target's your cottage, and you make a number up. So you go 17555355. And you say in your mind that this number relates to your cottage. And then you then just give that number to all these people sitting down. Effectively, this is, this is what he did in, in this room. And he said... You all have the ability to do this. You just don't know it. So what I want you to do is it may seem crazy, but just look at that number and whatever comes into your head, sketch it or write it down. And what blew me away, Clive, was out of 150 people, remember they, you know, all different types, models, makes, sexes, whatever, about 20 of them had it incredibly right. It was like, well, this is exactly, and then he showed the picture of the target. And a lot of people had things that were similar. I mean, they weren't, you know, a million miles away. They were quite similar to, to what they'd drawn. And so I think these kind of um, you know, understanding of what's real and, and what's not is, is a big one for people. But the esoteric books um, right back thousands of years ago talk about these um, different uh, abilities and, um, you know, you've got many people here, I mean, you know, with um, information theory showing you, you know, information describes you. So, for example, when, when we do a remote scan on somebody, we ask for 
um, certain information. So we'd ask, obviously, for your full name, your date of birth, obviously. If you have your time of birth, well, that's good as well. We ask for your email address, your phone number, your actual address. We ask where you were born, for example. So if you take this information, and let's say you had you were one of triplets, yeah, and with three Clyde Decals, yeah, all looking <laughs> very much the same or whatever. But that information could only be you. It would, couldn't be one of your brothers or sisters. It, it would have to be you. And so in, in that etheric field, that information actually describes you. And, and the information, for example, on the screen now or anyone watching this, you know, we, we aren't actually physically there, but the information from zeros and ones banged on a computer screen describes us. So I, I don't know if that helps. I don't know whether I describe that um, too well, but that's a kind of intro into how this stuff does work. I, no, I, think, that, <clears throat> I think you described it very well. And I mean, everybody's experienced that. I was just thinking of you as the phone rings or you bump into them in the street. And so we're all totally familiar that we're all interconnected. We're all you know, really one. So, um, no, I think you explained it really well. So um, tell us more. Well, I mean, so uh, obviously with, with the situation of people, you know, I, I do run clinics. I've been running some clinics up in Northern Ireland. Um, I spend, you know, probably two weeks down in Kerry in Ireland where you hopefully you'll be coming out to see me soon and have a little clinic there. Um, I've done stuff in Glastonbury, Northumberland, where you know, I go on regular things. But, but obviously to go to these clinics and to use our technologies and ways of finding out what's going on with people, you've got to be there. Um, and you know, if you're in the area, that's great. But if you've got to travel there, well, you've got the travel, you've got the time, you've got your petrol, you've got to stay somewhere at night, you know, it, gets, it can get um, you know, fairly expensive for the people. Not to say that we don't love to see people. I mean, I think it's great. But second best and a very good best is um, doing it remotely. And so for around about um, 15 to 20 years, I've been running remote scans on people um, by request. If you think you remember, Clive, do you remember sometime um, when you were out in, I think you were out in on your travels in Mexico and you, you, you got, you were ill. Yeah. I remember yeah. scan on you. Yeah, yeah. And I sent you the, the data, we found bacteria and different things and, you know, and from that, because, you know, even though you know what to do when, when, you, when you're not well, you, you, you know, you really need someone to help you to, to, to do it. But so um, to run these scans is, is pretty good. We, we um, are quite happy to um, say to people we believe they're 95% accurate as long as we run them correctly. Okay. Um, and, and basically, we get a lot of information. So we can look at, for example, the energy field of the person we're, we're scanning. And the energy field really is the, the body field. Um, some people like um, Thornton Streeter and other people would call it the bio field, yeah, which is documented now. It's kind of fairly well known in bioenergetic circles. But this field, um, for example, um, in 2012, I, I went to... Um, University of Pune in India, where there's a, um, it's, it's probably the, one of the major top three universities in India and in Pune, and it's the leading university in India for bioenergetic research. And their facilities like make our universities look <laughs> like they really are fourth world, third world. I mean, it's incredible. And there we, we ran um, a lot of studies and trials on um, 60 um, clients, patients, who I was 
uh, I trained a doctor for four hours and what we do just four hours and we did 30 that the doctor was treating with everything properly turned on and 30 without it turned on so that, that they wouldn't have known because they didn't know what it was anyhow with the clients and then we analyzed the a lot of the research using things like GDV gas discharge voltage from Korotov and with these kind of methods you can see the actual field of the body it, for example the GDV is a kind of you, I think you're, you're aware of it you know big blue field if your integrity of that field is good like an aura yeah or a, or a chakra beyond the body you've got a lovely kind of blue solid line going around the body but where you've got dents in it or in fact gaps that's where you have the problems that's where you can have things like entities coming in and attaching to the body so when we when we did all this this research we saw amazingly how quickly the body recovered its integrity and the research was published in india um at the end of the research, and I, I, I don't think I've shared that paper with you, Clive. I'll send it to you after this interview. Um, but the reason we did it in India, it only cost us about £10,000. If we'd done it in, in, in uh, USA or England, it would have, well, it would have been quarter of a million. It would have just been something crazy. But it proved beyond a doubt, and, and the people who statistically analysed it had to do it three times because they couldn't believe the change in, in the body field. And, and obviously... But by um, association, the, the, the feeling of the person, the, the symptoms, the pain had gone, or it had gone right down, it had changed. But a lot of this stuff from our remote scans, we can actually um, be fairly clear with the person once we've got the scan of the energy and point them out exactly where their weaknesses are. We then tune into it, we show them how to rectify, in our opinion, what they can do. Some stuff we could then send remotely, which obviously is another, another option we can do. But really, it's like a mini training course where we're saying, we want to make the body easy for you so that you can understand, you know, where you're coming from and, and make it easy for you. Because, you know, as you know, if you go to any typical hospital with the allopathic community, and I know I'm being slightly facetious here, but um, I think you and I have seen enough to, <laughs> to um, have a pretty good idea of the way they do things. But... It's like, you know, um, the heart doctor's like, I do arts, mate, and I go to the art doctor's club, and he does brains, he goes to the brain doctor's club, and it, they don't kind of, like, share that knowledge of, you know, they're totally interrelated. You, you can't take them, it's like trying to take the, one side of a coin away. You, you can't do that. And so once we get this whole 4D image, we can tune in, we can show them where the, where the things are, we can show them what the um, effects of epigenetics is we can show them they how the environment affects the expression of their genes through the cell and why they have that condition yeah. now maybe when they get they get it right every time but i, I can be fairly you know i'm, I'm pretty happy to say we're, we're right on it and we usually get things pretty much bang on within one session because it's in the field you know it's not us going well we're just going to guess at this we look at the field and we go ah oh, that this we've done this five thousand times there's 15 researchers have shown that this is down to, say, mercury or glyphosate or electromagnetic frequencies. And we, and we can say, right, you might not be aware, but let's go and check your environment. Yeah. And often people say, crikey, I didn't realize, but there's a, a tree designed as a phone mast 100 meters away coming through my wall. Or the person upstairs just had a smart meter fitted and it's affecting my, my prostate. So it, it is pretty good. Um, and... For those people who are in a situation where they um, 
They really want to have some good information about their own health and how to progress and what to do to change it. And of course, by definition, what to stop doing. Yeah? In other words, the environment is key. You know, genes may be 10% of it, but epigenetics is, as I think you probably agree, Clive, is probably 90%. You know, how the environment's affecting you, your relationships, your emotions, you know, energy in motion. So, um, yeah, we, well, we love doing it. We love that conversation with people on Skype or Zoom. Uh, we like to, so, so how would a scan take place? Well, um, first of all, we would ask the person to send in a, a quick um, half a page or maybe a page, just bullet points. Things that, anything that's on that, you know, so in other words, I have these health conditions now. These are my main things I'd like to get well from. Um, you know, when I was seven, I fell off a horse, I banged my head, I was concussed. Um, you know, I got divorced at 29. Anything that comes to the mind, and, and the emotions are really important. So anything emotional, anything, any accidents, surgical interventions, just one-liners, that, that's all we need. So we get that, we look at it, uh, we would then call the person back, take a booking. We would then chat for 15 to 30 minutes about what they put in, so we had an idea. Uh, we then asked them to relax, to either sit, sit down or lie down, um, make sure that any phones or Wi-Fi are at least six feet away from their body, typically. And then we run the scan. Uh, the scan takes about 10 minutes. Um, once that's done, we analyze it, we create a report, we send them the report with a help file. So if it came up and said, problems, for example, with the gallbladder meridian, there is, a, 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 you know, three, four, five, six paragraphs all about what this means for them with their body, so they can understand it in simple English, not, you know, weird sort of names. Um, and then we, we arrange to meet to have another Skype or Zoom session for 60 minutes, where we go through that scan, yeah, we explain it, we would often share our screen to show things, but they would have screenshots of the scan as well so they could see where the blockages were in the body. Um, and then after the 60 minutes, then we send them a schedule. So they get a, an email schedule, um, which is usually between 10 and 20 pages um, uh, with a lot of information. So when, for example, we say that we found things to do with um, toxins from certain grains, we we send them a link on nixtamalization and what nixtamalization means because most people haven't even heard of nixtamalization and and how you can change a lot of these things and make them positive for your health so there'd be a little a little um link there with a the video uh, for example there's certain links with with you talking about you know what you found say with sulfur or whatever so for each thing they're actually getting like a mini training course so it's not just like go and take go and take sulfur which we know is amazing. I mean, it's like, why would I want to take sulfur? What are the benefits? Oh, and by the way, here's a couple of videos. Here's Clive talking about his experience of sulfur, or he's Dr. Morse or Dr. Axe or whoever. So that's kind of the, um, the way it works. And uh, it means that we can do a lot without having to see people, uh, especially for people in, um, you know, obviously not in, in other countries, and establish a rapport. Okay. Um, <clears throat> what about ethnicity from the point of view that we know, for instance, if you come from uh, near the equator and your skin is quite dark, your requirements for vitamin D might be significantly more than for somebody who's very pale. Do, do any of 
do, do these sort of devices make that level of distinction or or does that is that irrelevant or how does that part work no i mean that, that's that's a really good point and uh for example, we test for minerals and vitamins, and we test not just for the vitamin or the mineral, but we test for the um, metabolism of it. So exactly what you were saying, if somebody's living in a certain area, and this comes back to ultimately how the thyroid and parathyroid are working in people's body to metabolize energy. So if you're living in a, for example, if you're living, you know, in the tropic or the equator, and you've got loads of sunshine, yeah, your natural synthesis and metabolism of vitamin D and K and whatever, will probably be very, very high. You, you're, you know, you're probably not going to need too much of it, probably, depending on things. So the test we do is for the metabolism of it. So say, for example, you were, you, you'd move from Ghana to, um, I don't know, to, 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 to I don't know, London, and suddenly you've, you've changed top, topographically, you've changed the whole um, staple diet you're eating, you've changed your relation geographically and with the four major fields, suddenly often what will happen is the metabolism of things that you metabolized very easily in Ghana or Sierra Leone will get stuck. So our test is for metabolism, which is right. because it, it means, for, for example, uh, we often get people who will be taking, I don't know, they'd be taking loads of, say, I don't know, B vitamins. And yet, because the metabolism because the metabolism of those B vitamins, maybe the jejunum in the small intestine is not absorbing them. Yeah, Maybe the thyroid's slightly out, so even if they were absorbing them, they couldn't metabolize them. So once we test for metabolism, we need to put right the area in the body that stops them metabolizing that. It, it'd be just like someone eating food and being, say, gluten intolerant or, or having, you know, non-fixed insensitivities. You know, someone eats a tomato on a Monday and they come out in a rash, but have on a Friday and it's fine. Well, we, we can pick up the metabolism because it, it's in the field. It may sound crazy, but it's in the field. So with that, we can, we can find the, the cause of, of the symptom. The symptom is you couldn't metabolize vitamin B6, for example, or B5. If, if we can fix the, the cause, then that's not, that's not a problem. And for a lot of people, if they were having a, a good diet, you know, a, a good, proper, um, organic diet, once the metabolism comes right, um, then often their need for supplements, I mean, there's probably living as we are, as you well know, with, with uh, the companies you've set up, supplements sometimes are just a part of life. You've got to spend money these days to, to be healthy. But if we can get the metabolism and those causes right, we telescope it right into just things that you might need because you're, say, doing too much physical exercise or you're living in an area where there's no sun or that kind of thing. So has anybody designed one for, let's say, dogs? Well, I mean... That would be a huge market. <laughs> well, um, I do know um, there is some software that um, I, a friend of mine's got and I've been playing with. And uh, I think, yeah, I think things are becoming available. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, and so dogs... Dogs, cats, and horses. Um, after this, Clive, if this interview, if we'd like to have a chat about that, I'd be very happy to uh, tell you what I know. But there is stuff are beginning to come out for this now, and some of the leading vets, I think, are beginning to, uh, you know, pick it up and go, "Wow, well, you know, why wouldn't I do that?" So, how about um, 
is there a general feel-good frequency? Let, let's say you went to a care home and, you know, where maybe they, 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 they're all in one large communal room at various times of the day. Could one use this sort of technology, even if they needed the physical device right there in the room, that could just make people feel better? Oh, yes. I mean, a, a very easy way is essential oils. Um, we, we've done many things where we've done it in um, doctor surgery, dentist surgeries, and some people we've been on a training course to put it into uh, care homes. So one easy one, for example, um, this, the organic essential oil of lemon. You put lemon into a diffuser, the frequency is, I mean, a very high frequency lemon. Yeah? It's an immunomodulator. You, you feel good. It cleanses the air, the frequency. Yeah? So uh, one thing we suggest actually in, one of, on our, in our reports for people is that every night they drop one or two drops of lemon oil on the thymus and massage it in. Because um, research shows that, uh, just for example, lemon oil um, is such a good high frequency that after about six months, if you apply it every night to your thymus, the thymus starts regrowing back to what it was when you were more like a child. And because the thymus is a major part of the immune system, well, what does that mean? It means your immune system, which, which we would call a detoxification system. I mean, we, people get, I think, carried away with it. got to be immune from something. Well, I don't think there's really anything to be immune from. It's just if you get more and more, you know, as you've always said, Clive, you're not sick, you're toxic. And if the toxin level keeps going up and up and up, well, you know, if that's a boat taking on water, well, there's only one way. So you've got to reduce this. And simple things like lemon oil are, um, are super powerful. So again, you could, you could include other essential oils. We have some technology that is like um, portable, um, it's like a portable rife machine. And a friend of mine wrote a book called The Law of Frequencies, um, very interesting guy. And he showed that there are master frequencies that are like the harmonics of many other things. So one thing that we can do, and we have done with certain people, is put a portable rife machine in. It's about this size, a little box size shape. And we set it on a continuous loop playing master frequencies. And what people have found is suddenly their dreams are just like, wow, you know, and they're feeling a bit different. And I mean, it's not, it's not immediate, but it's like permeating this frequency through their environment, which is negating a lot of the other negative stuff and, and strengthening this, this body field. Well, very interesting. So how do people get in contact with you? Well, they can, they can uh, email me um, at richard at paingenie.com. So this is richard at P-A-I-N-G-E-N-I-E.com. Or, um, and, and probably that's the best way, or they can also uh, call me. Um, I think my, yes, my, my best number would be um, 07833-718-635. They can get through, or they could, uh, they could also call the office in London. It's on the website on paingenie.com and they'll take a message and forward it to me and yeah it'd be very nice to if they, they want to get in touch have a chat about it and we'll send them a, a link um to the remote scan i think i sent the link to you clive you had a look at it so or of course some um, if they are i'm talking to you and you're happy to send them that link that would be great too perfect well thank you very much richard uh really clear information and you know i've talked to so many people over the years to try and get clarity. What is this thing called 
quantum or whatever. And your explanation was excellent. So thank you very much. Well, thanks, Clive. I'll catch you soon.